You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, you're enjoying, you know. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, Twitter is it's crazy. That's the word. Like, everyone is, there's one bad news. It's like, you think like this is the baddest of all. I'm not joking. I know what is raining this weekend is, you know, domestic abuse and someone died and they claimed it's truth cancer and whatsoever, right? Um, you wake up tomorrow morning and you see some crazy one. As in, I remember when this old train issue happened where terrorists blocked the train. And within 24 hours, they did that. Like, they removed the wheels and, you know, like, news upon news. It's just everywhere, you know. I was on YouTube one one night and I just saw this YouTube shots from what's the name of this guy, Billy Graham. And he was just talking about the issues of the world. And the way he was talking, you would think that the world was going to end during his own time. <laughs> because the man was just lamenting like there's wars, rumors of wars and issues and again I think it was also the Cold War, Russia and all of those stuff, right? And I was thinking, wait, we are here again. This is like a cycle. We are back to that cycle, right? And it's our turn to complain. And there's just so much happening in the world at this particular moment. There's so much happening in the world. There's so much fighting for our identity. There's so much fighting, fighting for our peace. Like, when you, I don't know, when last did you read the news? Have you ever gone on CNN and you see them celebrating something positive? I, you know, if you have. And it seems that when you look at CNN, BBC, and Al Jazeera, and all of those stuff. They compete with who has the baddest news. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they'll give awards to the guys that have the craziest news, right? And again, we have this whole opportunity for my own end that the message that Jesus Christ brought down to us is good news. And we have bad news. You know, it's like me watching Star Wars, if you watch Star Wars, between Dark Vader and the other good guys, you know. It's just more of, there's this whole fight between good news and bad news all around. And yeah, yeah, that's it basically, you know. And one of the things that we have been talking about since morning is God has given us his word to address the situation of our days and time. God has given us his word to help people. And even before we help people, God has given us his word to help us as individuals. You know, I read somewhere recently that you need the word of God and preach it to yourself first. You know, after you are done preaching it to yourself, you even preach it to people. You know, yeah. So the word of God is key for this particular moment. And... Yeah, so I'll just talk about some of the key, key, um, some key thoughts, right, that I, I noted from our service in the morning. 
One is we have a testimony that God can use and will use us to share his goodness with the world. You know, we have that testimony that God can use us, you know. And I'm just going to do a very quick poll. If you have experienced the love of God, the message of God, the goodness of God in your life, can you raise up your hand? Okay. If you have worked for that mercy, if you, feel, if you felt like you gave something to God before he gave it back to you, can you raise up your hand? So it was a gift, right? Awesome. Thank you. You know, and, and Ephesians 2.10 will say, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know? And, you know, when you look at Jesus when he was on earth, he was God's handiwork. As in, Jesus was a solution provider. You know, I'm tempted to say that if Jesus was alive, he would be the Elon Musk of our generation. He's, well, apparently, he wants us to be the, the Jesus of our time, though. That's true. You know, but everywhere Jesus went to, he was always solving problems, even turning water to wine. Like, that seemed like, wait, nobody was going to die now. Think about it. You know, but he was very, very intentional about healing the world. He was very, very conscious about healing the world. He didn't just allow anything slide, you know. And just to move from there quickly, when he was leaving, he would give us this particular mandate, and he would say, go into the world and do the same thing that I have done. You know, I have healed people, go into the world and heal people. I have, I have, I have, um, um, I have loved people genuinely, go into the world and love people genuinely. You know, I have preached the message, I have preached good news to the poor people, you know, and a lot of those stuff. And what we are really here to do this evening is one, we are all here because we know God loves us, right? We are here because we have experienced His joy, His, His mercy, His, His grace, His kindness over our life. And, but the conversation today is, what's up? What is that in holding us back from preaching the gospel? You know, what is that in um, preventing us from sharing the good news? What is that in preventing us from, te from, from telling people about Jesus? Again, the floor is open, you know. I would likely call names if I know your name and you know that I'm going to call you very soon. Tony. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Well, but it's a very big issue, right? Because when I was much younger, I would see people on the road and they would carry this megaphone and be shouting and be talking about, you know, I'll see people sharing tracks and I'll see all of those stuff, right? And I think it is age and time. It's like we're ashamed of Jesus Christ. I don't know, is, that, is it Jesus Christ not cool again? Do you think Jesus Christ is so cool? Hmm. No, this is exchange. We exchange ideas, and at the end of the day... <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Yeah. 
You understand? People are going somewhere. So if someone is hearing something for five seconds, and granted, those five seconds might be the most five, the important five seconds of the person's life. But the chances of the person hearing that message is slim. Because it's in a hurry to get somewhere. You understand? And I think that's why I've heard of people doing this that um, you're going one on one. Uh -huh. That is more, in my opinion, that's more effective. I've heard of people saying that um, they enter the post and they for everybody else, and then they start the picture. And that's, what, that, that's, that's also effective. But then, I also entered the post and someone preached the message. And after the person feeling preaching the message, they get to where we're going. The person has to be able to it's important to preach, yes. How we do it is very important. That's one of the two. How we do it is very important. I mean, the tracks thing, how many people would read, actually read the tracks as you go? You used to. But I think the choice. Some of them dumped it somewhere, and then when they needed it, you know, it, it, it came true for them. I'm also saying it was as a good day. I think it's, it's a thing of numbers. So it's like we're sharing, um, maybe doing marketing, right? Mm -hmm. You you know, you will just broadcast your message, mm -hmm. and then you find out that you make how many sales? Maybe out of a hundred, you make ten sales. I think that's also part of it. But I don't think it's meant to be so. I mean, how is it now? No, no, no. I get your point. But let me just, let me just now. I don't think it's meant to be so. I mean, they look at my own. I mean, Peter wasn't, Peter wasn't throwing messages and hoping to speak. But I hope he didn't accept the message today or something like that. Um, you hear of, hear of your feeling. And feeling goes to. Like, you know how the world markets 
things. Right? I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that they are right, but can't we just uh, be innovative? The gospel is the gospel works, we know that for sure. Right? But why can't we connect, I guess, in the person? effective like doctor has said they were just obeying the instruction but I feel like we are in uh, this current dispensation is no longer fashionable so we all lean to the excuse that my life can be a gospel you know that we are preaching so we are no longer like um, we are not vocal about it we are not 
we are not loud about it. Like we are ashamed of the gospel of Christ that, oh, maybe when they see my life. But there are some people that you actually need to speak. Just like she said, the seed, you have to, it's something that you need to be intentional about and just don't assume. I feel like it is even a, um, and it's a two-way thing. Sometimes it's an overestimation of your own self that the person does not have anything else to do with their life and just be looking at your life. Do you understand? That, that one is even faulty. Yes, your life can be a gospel, but if you think, you know, you're just sitting down and saying that, okay, I, I, I do this, I pay my tithe, I do this, this thing, this thing, this person, that works. God can use that method for the person that it is sent to, but I feel like it's the intentionality that we should not be ashamed to actually go out, no matter the method, even if you, you are still learning, whichever way, you know, is the instruction, the last instruction that Jesus actually gave, you know, to go. My humble thoughts. All right, so um, good evening. I really, just an experience. So for the fact that there's no method to it, I in school learned the truth from seeing. So the, the, the students in school would just erect tents and I would see them praying, praying, praying. Say, look at this useless children. They're wasting their time. Your, your papa and mama sent you down to school to come learn, and you are irritating one in the field. You are praying. Ah, I wish I had cane to just flog them. Like, that was my, that was my like, the way I feel. Like, I would just, I would just stand, like, I would be going to, like, ah, ah. I'll be going to lecture room to read, and like, this boy are praying. Hey, are this serious? It would be holding hands. Sometimes, maybe in the evening, three groups, four groups. Holding their hands and they will bring the ah, jobless people. Just, I'll just walk my way. But it becomes something I was seeing every day, every Sunday, every evening. And that touched me. That drew me closer. Because it was consistent what they were doing. It was something that I just go there and do. So I got to know, okay, so I think I need to even read this Bible because I personally was not a Bible church. I was, like, I was not a Christian person. Where I was coming from, they will read Bible. We just observed the Sabbath, Friday and Saturday, how was it? So I just, okay, I'm interested in this Bible of a thing. And I, just, I was the one that made the approach. I made the approach, but another person like, got interested and all. So I feel it's not, it's not something we should be ashamed of. The method, yes. If someone hears something here in Marua bus stop and it doesn't feel good, he went to the F bus stop, he had another person with a megaphone, still saying the same thing. The person will have everything. That means this thing is as important for one person, two person, three persons should be saying it. That means as important. So it doesn't matter the method, in as much as the gospel is being preached. Matthew 24, 14 is to the end. Just in as much as the gospel is just to the end. When the goodness of the kingdom should be preached to the end of the world. That's what I feel, sir. So, I think that one of the things that I've noticed when it comes to like preaching the gospel is, first of all, I feel, I, feel I, I think Jesus is really cool, right? And the reason why I say that is because I have my own personal relationship with Jesus, I think has transformed the way I see life as a whole, right? 
what we have predominantly is I'm not ignoring the fact that they are, like the world is actually very dark at this point in time, right? So that's like that's a no fact. But the truth is, what we have is Gen Zs, Gen Zs um, being given the word of God in the way those in the 1990s received it, right? It's not going to work. I said this to my mom a couple weeks ago, and she was very upset. I said to her, I was like, I said, I respect, I respect the fathers of the gospel that exist, all of them, Baba Adiboye, Bishop, all of them. But I said to my mom, if I was in one of their churches, I would not have grown the way I've grown today. And she was confused, like, oh, why would you say that? And it's not that they don't preach the word of God. It's just that there is a means for communication that they probably... If the whole world listens to any of them, we would have a serious problem because the Bible speaks about there being five, five ministry, five pastors, apostles, you know, evangelists. Yeah, so there's five different people. So if everybody's listening to an evangelist, we're going to have a serious problem, right? And there's a reason why Paul actually was sent to the Gentiles. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and I said to someone, I was like, you have to find out what works for you i'm not for diluting the word of god please preach the word of god the way you need to preach it but i promise you today one of my aunts messaged me and she was like oh her daughter wants to watch the sermon can she join and she was like she can't come to church and i was like why she's like oh she just doesn't want to come to church and i was like okay she can watch it online and then she watched it on you know like on youtube in her house and everything and everything and she sent me like just a response oh thank you and everything we couldn't do that 15 years ago so if you're constantly trying to deal with this generation of people the same way we dealt with our parents 50, 20 years ago, it's, it's going to be very difficult. And that's what's happening. So people can understand why you come to LifePoint and our worship leader has dreads and piercings in his ears. They can't understand that. Or they can't understand why, you know, a guy will wear shorts to come to church and wear slippers and be saying he's coming to church. They can't understand stuff like that. But the truth about this is, do those things, is the wearing of shorts or wearing of, is it, is that really, yeah, like, does it really matter? Like, you know what I mean? It's that thing of being able to distill your human and cultural sentiments from what the word of God is. And I think that's very important because Peter had that problem, which is why Paul called him out in the book of Acts. So I think overall, Jesus is cool, definitely. But I think if I'm going to properly preach the gospel, one, our lives have to speak. And then two, we have to do it. We have to be smart. We have to go with, it's just if, we, if I'm going to reach people that, we, we already know the word of God. So whether or not they tell us to come and fast for five days or tell us to wear, we will wear the trousers. They say, Torish, no, whatever they say, she will do it. We will know. But those that don't know, no, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> just how I mean. But those that I can't, I can't pull someone from Silver Fox and tell him to come to church and wear, you know, gabia and you know, put a scarf on his head and put handkerchief on his head. He's going to be so confused. If you let him come, this pastor just Joshua Selman's when I says he says, Jesus loves you enough to take you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. The problem is why trying to change people without even having them coming. They have to come in first and then transformation. So yeah, is yeah, that's my point. Sorry. I have something to say. I'm so sorry. I might forget. That's why I want to say it. 
But I, I don't think that there's any part of the gospel that is addressing the way you are dressed. Yeah. That was just an illustration. That's what I'm saying. So what I was saying was that. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. So what, what the point? Of, sorry, for the sake of international audience, <laughs> the point I was trying to make. The point I was being recorded. The point I was trying to make was that the gospel. Obviously, you have to dress decently. You know, you dress in a way you don't have the attire of a harlot, all that stuff, right? So that's that's settled. But the point I was trying to make was the way the church was. 50, 40 years ago, there was an expected mood of dressing that if you did not dress in that way, it was hard, it's very hard for you to be received or to be received holistically. And I'm saying that that doesn't, that same mode of dressing doesn't necessarily follow now. And if you try to enforce that, we're going to lose a whole lot of people. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> okay, so good evening. So, yeah, um, he made a lot of sense in what he was saying. But another aspect of the gospel that makes it ineffective is the part of the gospel that our parents focused on or back in the day during um, the lost chosen and um, all those people that knock on the door when they come they don't exactly come with the oh do you know jesus loves you and oh they come with the if you don't give your life to christ you're going to hell so in the process of trying to bring people to the gospel bring people to christianity they end up pushing them away with fear because People be like, oh, eh, if I'm going to go to hell, might as well just spend my time here, shining on earth. And then they be like, ah, why are they so judgmental? Because honestly, back in the day, a lot of people were very judgmental. It could be the way of life. And that's what he said, they push people away before they give them time to come in. So I've, I believe that it'd be more effective if we go into the softer route. Do you know you're an intentional creature of God? Do you know that the devil finds pride in seeing you wallowing? Like make people actually want to come to Christ because truly you can preach as much as you want. You can tell them all, but finding Christ is a personal journey. Somebody can just sit and after hearing so much, after 20 years can be like, I've tried this aspect, why don't I give Jesus a try? But that would be from all the past, God loves you, you're delighted, not all the, you're going to go to hell if you don't do it, time is running out, you're about to die kind of thing. So that's, that's what I wanted to say. Okay, so what I want to say is that I think um, everybody has an assignment. God has sent everybody to a particular set of people, and um, and God will give you grace for the assignments He has um, placed in your hands. So, for instance, there are people that God has sent to the lost sheep of Israel. 
Do you understand? And there are people that God has sent to Gentiles. And then there are people that God has sent to the uttermost part of the earth. There are people that God will tell to stay in Jerusalem and not leave their Jerusalem. So there are people that God has sent to the road side to carry the megaphones. There are people that God has sent to share tracts. There are people that God has sent to um, Instagram. There are people that God has sent to WhatsApp story. That place, there's a lot of things going on, status. There's a lot of things going on there. Making money, doing all sorts of things, messages and all that. There are some people I have to block because I love WhatsApp status. I love it. Do you understand? But what if was sharing messages every morning? There was a morning that I, I think I read a passage of the Bible and I just posted it. And then three people sent me a message. And I, I thanked God that day that I posted that thing that day. So there are a lot of things. On Twitter, let's be the, you know, negative messages are on Twitter. There is somebody, God did not send me to Twitter. <laughs> he has not. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the grace. <laughs> I don't have the grace. Yes, yes, I yes. <laughs> God should not send me to Twitter. Oh my yes. God. So really, I think all of us we need to stay on our on our post. Do you understand? If God has given you a strategy, so that means that we need to really stay in the place of prayer because it's that place of prayer and place of reading the word of God that God would explain to us the pattern that we need to follow. And that pattern is the most effective pattern, not when we follow another person. If we go and follow somebody carrying megaphone, it won't work. Do you understand? If we follow somebody doing um, Instagram, uh, Instagram live, it won't work. God has sent each and every one of us. There are some people that it's just for you to be in your office, that office at that particular time, and be living your life, and then you are transforming the lives of everybody there. And maybe one person from that meeting is going to be the one that will change the world. There are some people, it's only one person you need to save in this life. Yeah. Praise God. Yes, All right. Um. All right, so just one more person, then we'll put all of this in context. about um, what she said about pushing people away. I was just, I just googled um, what is the good news that Jesus preached. And in Christianity, um, according to Wikipedia, in Christianity, the gospel of the good news is the news of the imminent coming of the kingdom of God. That's all. That's the important thing. But you find out that we've... Um, that the church, to some extent, has kind of bastardized that message, adding um, doctrines to it. Um, if you don't wear, if you wear trousers, you are going to hell. Um, if you do so so and so, so so and so, and then you now try and sell that gospel, and it won't go because the Bible said that it is. So is it with the words that proceed out of my mouth. They will not come back to me void, but they will accomplish everything that I've sent it to accomplish. The Bible also says that many are the thoughts of a man's heart, but it is God's counsel alone that stands. 
You understand? So these human parts we are adding is just like that um, statue that um, Daniel saw that the leg was made of clay trying to mm -hmm. mix with iron. So um, what Twain said is actually very, very valid that wait for God to send you. I say, wait for God to send you because he will send you, he will tell you what to do. He will tell you what to say. Isn't it um, the Bible that was saying that um, when you have, um, when you have an, is it when you have an argument or, I forgot the context, but he said that he will be there to give you the words to say. The, the utterance. The utterance to say at that specific time. Right? And when we preach, I can't keep reading iterating on this enough. It's important that we preach the gospel and nothing else. No judgment, nothing like that. Because um, when she was saying something that um, we, push, we push people away, I just started remembering this song that um, Biggie sang. That um, when he was saying that when I die, I don't want to go to heaven. Basically, he was saying that when I die, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go to hell because um, what was his reasoning? What was his reasoning? Um, he said that um, heaven is where all the goody goodies go to that um he can't wear white he likes um black teams and all that no i mean it's the message that was is the message that was sold to him you understand and then we find out that we're pushing that people are making assumptions based on what um based on the human and whatever doctrines that we set you understand? So it's important that we preach the gospel pure as is. I was going to say something else, but I forgot. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I think, I think everyone in the room is, is in the spirit, you know. And I think one thing I have picked from everyone's contribution is that there's a need to preach the gospel. There's a need to share the love of God, right? And we all agree that we need to do it, you know. Um, I just want to say something to address this whole issue of doctrine. And I think one thing that we forget is the simplicity of the gospel. And the simplicity of the gospel is that God loves us. Because in John 3, 16, it will say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, love is the reason God saved us, right? And whenever we go out, right, the first thing we need to do is love. Because it is true love that people end up being saved. Because the Bible also says that God draws people closer with kindness. Right. So I would continue from where Toin and Karina stopped, right? In terms of, Toin was saying something that was really interesting. If God has sent it to WhatsApp stories, don't go on Twitter. You know, I've never thought about it that way. Like, <laughs> why? I'll tell you why I've never thought about it that way. You know, because um, I've experienced food, I've experienced, I would like call it, outpost mission before. So where you go to like a far place, you know, go to like an hostile territory and you'll be afraid of your life or they might kidnap you or Fulani Esme might come around and all of those stuff, right? And yeah, I remember, um, I don't know what last year, some of us went to, okay, Taraba, Nasara, Bochi, and all of those places that, oh my God, those places that, when you check your Google map, 
you know, <laughs> I'm not joking, right? When I was in Bauchi, it's called Bauchi, by the way, though. And I know in primary school, say Bauchi, Bauchi. <laughs> it's called Bauchi. And I came out in the middle of the night, you know, and I tried to turn on my Google map, and I was nowhere. I was surrounded by mountains. And, and I said that if they come for me, you guys will know you're about me again. Like, you will not see any light anywhere. Like, if they come for you, and we're sleeping in one church, that's... If they come, they have come. Forget it. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, my friend was talking about, so be, will you do this whole skydiving and all of those stuff? I said, no, those are not calculated risk. Going on a mission trip. <laughs> It's a risk, you know, because you'll be in a place where people are watching you because you're a Christian, they won't sell to you and all of those stuff, and they can kidnap you and all of those crazy stuff. And yes, there is a lot of missionaries and all of that. And, and it's really interesting, you know. But going back to Tony's point, um, some people have been sent to the uttermost part of the earth, and that's true, you know. I know people that are somewhere in Midugui, that in, in probably in, a, um, in an old environment that have suffered persecution, that have tried killing them, that have tried cutting their neck before. And when I mean cutting their neck, I'm not seeing with mouth, you see the mark, you know? And they are still there, right? But when I came back from one of my mission trips, and this is me trying to be very, very honest, you know, and I go back to life points. I was like, what are we doing in this church, Seth? I'm not joking. See, if you go on a mission trip, right, your life will be transformed. Tony, Dami, you can testify. There are people that have gone on mission trips and they don't come back. You'll be like, you know, one of the slides can be expensive, right? And that is what a whole city, a whole village will live on. You know, when we're living, someone will give us 10 naira or 15 naira, and that was the seed that she was sowing in our life. Like, that was our best that she was offering to us, right? And I'll come back and say, God, what am I doing in this church? Like, these people, they're not spirit cocoa at all. I see, no, I'm like, these guys, I'm not worshiping God. These Lagos people, you know, we're paying God, promotion, 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 all of those stuff, right? And you see children working two hours to go to school. And after that, back from school, they'll work on that two hours back to fetch water and farm. And you see people drinking from one dead sea where animals are drinking from. I don't know that, you. Us, you drink pure water, typhoid, boom. <laughs> you know, right? And one day I stood, I stood at the back there. I sit at the back every time. I've changed, you know? And, and I asked God, what am I doing here? And God would say to me that you would not know the extent at which I will bend for these people. Guys, God loves life points. He said it to me, you know. And not just life points alone. The people in the city, you know, they're not less than the people in the villages. Oh, because we are sitting here, doesn't mean that people, the Christians in Afghanistan are more Christianese than us. Do you understand? God love is for everyone. And it's very important for us to know that you can have a mission field for, I don't want to use that word, but every single person here can have a mission field. You necessarily don't need to go to 
Kano State. You don't need to go to Afghanistan, China. You can have a mission field. And going back to what Tony said, your mission field can be online. Do you know that a mission field is not just tied to a location? A mission field can be tied to an issue God has called you to address. You know? And the Bible talk about we do not have an high priest that doesn't understand our affliction. At times, the reason you have gone through stuff and God has saved you from stuff is because God wants you to help other people going through that same thing. And you can relate with them. So, for example, I used to be someone that when people are sick, I would say, ah, you don't have faith. How can you be a Christian? You don't have, you know, you are sick. And when I went through my own, when I hear people are sick now, I just feel like crying for them because I understand what it means to be sick. It's not a, it's not by, it's not by anything, man. You know, you just, you just have to beg God, help my life. <laughs> right, so one, how can we, because I know our generation is a generation that is influenced online. People are influenced negatively online. So what can we do differently? What can we do differently to, to reach our world? to reach the people God has called you to? What can you do differently to preach the gospel online? I'd like to get like contributions from one or two people. Well, uh, I did something today. I'm sorry. So I did something today. After church, I sent a broadcast message of inspiration and making them feel confident in their lives. It wasn't really a prayer, it was just to compliment them. And then I got messages saying, oh my God, I really needed this, I was going through a lot. So that can be a step, you know, make them comfortable and be like, oh, you, do you know you can feel this every single day of your life? And then it's a conversation. It doesn't always have to be direct, you know, it could actually just be a conversation and then you slip it in, and before you know it, it's all working out. Oh, come to my church. It will all come with teasing. You're always posting this thing on your status as if you're the most holy of us. I'd be like, are you seeing the light on me? I'm shining. Of course, I've got my own issues, but I'm shining because I believe in something greater than me. A whole conversation has started, and before you know, come to my church. You'll see what I'm talking about. The next thing, we're here. So I came to this church. Oh, I just saw Life Point and it's very close to me. And then next thing you know, I'm engulfed with the spirit of the ministering and all. And then one thing I really loved was the community, the acceptance of people. So it's, that's just how it goes. So that can work as well. Compliment, make them feel very comfortable mentally. Some people are very defensive. Even before you bring up the conversation of God, they are ready to fight you. They are ready to cut you off. So just know the people and then start small and then go in. Praise the Lord. So what I'm about to say now, um, I thank God my dad is not on social media or my mom is not on social media. Nice. So, you can reach out in so many ways. Okay, I'm going to give you a testimony. I used to live in the UAE. So I go back to Nigeria and I wanted to start a business. I started a business, started my business. But it wasn't going anywhere. 
and I was down. So I had to go. I started I started smoking drugs like loud and the rest of them just to clear myself, clear my head. For one year, as in my business was down, I was and it wasn't helping. Though I was smoking loud and everything, it wasn't helping. So at the point I thought about it like this is not going anywhere. This is even, it's even worse making the situation worse. I had to stop. So yeah, for one year now I've been clear though. Raise the <laughs> And I'll talk about it. I'm a psychologist. And I'll talk about it. Praise the Lord. And I'll talk about it. Okay, I can reach out to people that have gone through this. With what I've gone through. So I now so I talked about it. Now okay, let me open an NGO talking about mental health awareness. By the grace of God, by on the 30th of this month, I'll be launching my NGO. And so, wow. so that's it. You can reach out to people who what we've gone through. Praise the Lord. Amen. That, that's, that's really amazing. Thank you guys for sharing. Okay, one more person. Okay, so for me, it's, it's just random. Very, very random. I don't, I don't plan to have conversations with people. And then I'm like, oh, I haven't checked up on this person in a while. Let me just check up on this person. I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? How are you doing? How has life been and stuff? And then for some odd reason, they open up to me. Oh, this is this, this is that, this is this, this is that. And from there, the conversation just goes into me asking, have you prayed about it? Have you talked to Jesus about it? And they're like, oh, prayer. Mm, I'm like, they, I know, yeah, there's that whole traditional type of prayer that, oh, Heavenly Father, Father in heaven. Can, but you know, you can actually have a conversation with Jesus. And like, when I tell them that, it's like, oh, you know, you can actually have a conversation with Jesus because he's your friend. And they're like, have a conversation, how? So from asking that question, I can now start talking about other things. And like, somebody reached out to me last week because I was, I was a bit down. Okay, so I was saying that I wanted to do a photo shoot, a birthday photo shoot, but now I'm not even feeling it at all. So he reached out to me. He was like, are you okay? Like, why, why don't you want to do it again? I was like, I don't know. I'm not just feeling it. And then he now started telling me about his own problems. And then <laughs> I now became the one talking to him. He was like, ah, that see, see me that came to comfort you. At the end of the day, you ended up comforting me. So sometimes it's just very, very random. When you feel like, oh, your friends are okay. Mm, they're okay, let me just leave them like that. No, they're not okay. Check up on them. There's a lot that you'll find out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. You know, Karina, you mentioned something about being very intentional, right? And... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and, you know... I feel that we are in this age, right, where we know that God can use us randomly, one, because God is good. And there's also a place of strategically positioning ourselves to be used by God, being very, very intentional, you know. So there's a way of, of um, um, a random act of kindness, and there's also an intentional act of kindness, right? And that random act of kindness can just happen. But intentional act of kindness is intentional. That's why it's called intentional act of kindness, right? And I believe 
that God really wants us to be intentional about evangelism. Let me tell you why. When you read the Bible in the New Testament, right, God will keep telling you, don't worry about anything. Jesus will tell you, don't worry about anything. In Matthew 6, 33, you say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things will be added. He will tell his disciples that whatever you want, just ask the Father in what? In my name. Then one day, he will look at the people and the Bible will say that he will look at them with compassion and he will say, these are people that are like sheep without shepherd. You know? And he will also tell his disciples that the labor the harvest is wise. And you say, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send what? Laborers. You know, Jesus to say anything you want. But for that particular one, right, his prayer point to us was, the prayer point he wanted us to pray to the Father was very, very specific. Because the kingdom needs laborers. And you know, when you read Revelation, it keeps talking about people from all tongues and all language. I don't think God wants to see Dami alone in heaven. I just want you to know, <laughs> you know, God also wants to see Je- President Barry in heaven, in case you don't know. He's, he, President Barry is God's baby boy, yo. The way we don't like him, yeah. You know, I don't know who I was telling you one time, we just get to heaven and I see Adolf Hitler chilling with Jesus. I'm like, oh, wow. Because the Bible says he died for the world. He didn't die for believers, you know. So... I made some jottings, right, and just really thinking about it. How do we and how can we propose our digital platform for the gospel? And we can do it. I'm just going to share a very short testimony, right? And I occasionally tweet about my experience, about things I've learned, you know, just basic stuff. And just, since maybe I'm just inspired, I just share it around, you know. And somebody will reach out to me on Twitter something random, some tech gist. And after we finish having that discussion, he'll say, how do, you, how do you really trust God? I'm like, where is this guy coming from? We're talking about some tech stuff. We're talking about how do you really trust God? And I will engage him and he'll say, I, I thought about taking my life and I read your tweets. You know? And that's the second person. I'm not a psychologist. I think if somebody tells me, I come to me and say, I want to take my life, I don't think I'll know what to do. I don't even know where I'm coming from, right? What I'm trying to pass, what I'm trying to pass basically is that um, we can use our social media platforms, our digital platforms to transform lives. Like, to transform lives, not just, not just content. People f- go and get into depression through what they're reading online. That means people can gain life through what they're reading online. It is very, very possible. You know? And, you know, we live in a generation where we want to see impact immediately. In my family, in my family we have what you call obe sharp sharp. That's stew that I cook, like quick soup. It's not really sweet, the pepper doesn't come out. You know? So we live in an obe sharp sharp generation. But <laughs> Apostle Paul will say something. <laughs> that um, sowing the seed, you know, Apollos will water, and God will give the increase. At times, the content you share online can be you what's sowing the seed. At times, it can be you doing the watering. And at times, it can be you partnering with God to see the increase. But again, this is a beautiful kingdom where God connects everything together. 
All right. So how do we, we propose our digital platform for the gospel? I have these five tips, and I'll be quick about it. Number one, be yourself. You know, just be yourself. I, I like what you shared, right? And I, we, I'm really excited that you're doing something about it, right? You know, be yourself, you know. And it is through your own story that you can reach other people. I do branding. I, I'm a communications professional, right? And if you really want to connect with the soul of someone, you have to be able to tell a very good story. You know, so be yourself. One of the unique things about the gospel is that it, it can be adequately and excellently expressed by you and through you. You know, and one of the verses that we talk about today, we talked about today in church was Matthew 5, I think from 14 to 16. But I like the verse 16. I will say, let your light so shine before men, right? That they will see your good works and give your father this glory. So God literally wants to express himself through you. And I know one of the points we talked about tonight is that everyone has a unique way of expressing themselves. You don't have to carry a megaphone. If that, work, if that works for you, do that, right? Your own evangelism can be one-on-one. -on -one. It can be social media, right? But just be yourself. You know, don't try to be another person. Number two, one of the traps that we can get into when we are trying to use social media to preach the gospel is theological debates. You know, where you see people trying to discuss issues, you know, trying to explain some ridiculous stuff, you know. And, and yeah, I know Christians, whenever we get this spiritual rema, we get this knowledge, we get this revelation or prophecy, we just want to tell the world about it. Um, I don't think social media is a place to do it, my own opinion. I think those kind of information are things that you share in a closed environment. And you can still share it online if, it's, if you can find a way of controlling the information. Because any experience you have can be contextualized. And that's what we see today, where people bring out doctrines. You know, because many of those doctrines that we see today were people's personal experience with God. You know, it was not meant to be generalized. They were not the gospel. You know, so when you are talking about Jesus online, try as much as possible to reduce the form of theology. We can discuss about theology here because if I say something, I can get your feedback and we can have a meaningful conversation, right? But the thing about communication is there's a way I'll say something that will not make sense to you until you understand my context, right? And yeah, that is it. Number three, avoid doctrinal debates, which is linked to number two. The one of don't wear trousers and all of those stuff. You know, the gospel is bigger than that. The love of God is bigger than that. And number four, be consistent. People are watching and monitoring you. The way people will see your life, you know, people are also monitoring your social media. There's something funny that Instagram blog posted, you know, of a, what do you call him, of a bishop somewhere in America. And you go to some particular crazy page and make some crazy comments. And you know the way Instagram works is that they can see, you can see your friends have commented, right? Somebody like, I don't know, maybe something, some baby girl, baby girl stuff, right? And somebody will go to his page and see like, this is a bishop now, what kind of comments is this? <laughs> right? And yeah, basically, so be consistent. Your lives may be the only Bible that people will read. 
your social media may actually be the only Bible that people will read. It's very, very possible. That Bible verse that you share, that old thank you, Jesus, that you share, they might be the constant reminders that to people that God loves them. So let's be consistent. And number five, Pastor Demilade talked about this. Don't chase clouds. Guys, one of the things that Jesus said is that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. There's a way the likes and the comments and the shares can get into your head when you start talking about Jesus. Because people have also started using Jesus as a means to get fame. Yeah. You know, you know, um, you see people with oh, some fine, beautiful spiritual experience and people start following them, apostle, apostle, and all of this stuff, right? And it gets into their head. One thing happened during NSAS, and I and my friend were really very, very shocked. We were flabbergasted, and I was surprised. And this was a popular Christian influencer, right? And the news she posted was a fake news, and it was verified that it was a fake news. And my friend would reach out to her, like, I think you should drop it now. It's fake news, you know, and all of those stuff. And she'd be like, you still giving me likes. I'll wait, you know? And she would wait. To, it's not like she said it directly, but she will wait to she generate all the clouds before she drops it. Again, Jesus will say, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Guys, these are, these are the simple things about the gospel. Love. Lift Jesus up. We don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. right? So we have to be very, very careful not to chase clouds. Let's leave Jesus up. You know, God-centered. God-centered. I think Pastor Demilade talked about this, right? And when he was talking about it, I kept on thinking about it. Please, if this does not make sense, just raise up your hand. So I'll say, let's just cancel it, right? There are three ways we can see life. One of the ways is being selfish. And to be honest, in this age and time, being selfish is not cool. Nobody, everyone wants to call themselves a philanthropist. I'm giving to the poor, I take pictures, I look cool. So being selfish is not cool. Nobody likes a selfish person. Even bad people don't like selfish people. <laughs> you know. The second one is being self-centered. And what does being self-centered mean? People doing good because of themselves, not even because of Jesus. You know. So the reason I'm giving... The reason I'm even preaching to people is not because I love the person. It's because I want them to know me as an apostle, as an evangelist, as a missionary. The reason I'm posting stuff on, on, on social media is because I want people to see that I'm very, very spiritual. That's how the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, basically. So they were doing the right thing for the wrong purpose. The motive was wrong. Right? But the third aspect, where we should all get to, is being God-centered, Christocentric, where Jesus is at the middle. Jesus is at the middle. The reason we love is because of love himself. The reason we give is because of love himself. The reason we, we see someone, you know, you know, there's a way that you can see someone, right? And the way you reply, maybe the person annoys you, right? You just want to give the person that bass bossa. No, no, no chill. And there's a way you, the Holy Spirit can open your eyes to see the person. And automatically, you feel 
empathy, you know. And rather than being angry at the person, you just feel like giving back to the person, interceding for the person, carrying the person's burden, right? God wants us to be God-centered. He doesn't want us to be self-centered or selfish. Um, yeah. So, I would just really like to encourage us to be very intentional about talking to somebody about Jesus online, you know, using your social media. You can be sharing your experience. You can be sharing something new that you learned. You know, you can be sharing the goodness of God. You can be sharing a testimony. It is all about being unashamed. But before, and how do we really do this, right? I think the first thing about evangelism, whether online or offline, is that you have to pray for people. Guys, let's be honest. We are believers. We believe that Jesus was born. Jesus was born by virgin, by faith. Doctor, yes or no? It does not make sense biologically that Jesus was born by a virgin. Do you get it? We believe it by faith. We believe that there's a word after by faith. Do you get it? We believe that we believe the Holy Spirit by faith. We believe God by faith. You know? And that means what we are sharing with people might not make sense to a lot of people. The Bible talks about there are people that the God of this world has blinded them. You know, when God sent Ananias, Jesus sent Ananias to pray for Paul. That's in, I think, Acts chapter 4, 11 or 4. You know, when Ananias was praying, the Bible said that scales fell from his eyes. Scales, what would that mean, right? Paul used to see believers, he used to see, how do you call it? Um, Christians differently. You know, you used to see them as these people don't know what they are doing. They're just against our God. But after the skills fell, right, he became a champion for Jesus Christ. Right? One, we need to pray to pray for people. You know, have a prayer list. I know all of us here are technologically enabled, <laughs> right? You can use Excel sheets. Write down the names of people. I plan on doing that this week. Write down the names of your friend, your family members, right? And, and set a prayer point for them. You know, be intentional about it. Don't just assume that, hey, I'll pray for this person. You know, write their names down, you know, and pray for them. And you see, you see God doing beautiful stuff in their life. Aside from praying for them, reach out to them. Talk to them about Jesus. The truth is that there are some people that you pray for, that you know that you can only pray for, you cannot go and talk to. Yes, it's possible. And God will send other people to what? To talk to them. It's possible. But the point is that you just do your own part. You know, I've spoken to people before, and or we were in a group of, of men in a bar, right? People that drink prostitution and all of those stuff. This was just last year, somewhere around Jack on Day. And we just... Stood in, their middle, stood, stood in the middle and we were talking to them about Jesus. And they would just, and they just started confessing their sins, giving their life to Christ. And somebody would say, make a statement, we have been waiting for this for a long period of time. And God would say to all that, people have been praying for this to happen. Right. We are all here because our aunties prayed for us. All those are our mommies that send us early morning prayers and do all of those stuff. And I'll be talking to my sister, and I'll say, I've really started praying for our nephews and nieces. And that's the question to you today. 
Have you started praying for your nephews, your nieces, those children? Yeah, because you're not an adult, right? You know, have you started sending prayers for them? Do you have a prayer book for them? And this is you reaching out towards your own family members. You know, pray, preach, and invite to church, if possible. Guys, we have to be very careful because we live in a generation that tells you that it's not about going to church. You know, it's not about going to church. You can experience God from everywhere and anywhere. I know we are spirits, but we are still flesh. And Apostle Paul will say, with it, in the twinkling of an eye, we have the perfect body, right? But even in heaven, there's a community. And if the gospel is to bring the kingdom of God down, there's also a community. And the Bible will say, do not forsake what? The gathering of the brethren. Community is very, very important. At times, community is what will save us from depression. Community is what will save people from suicide. You know, community is what will help us share love. You know, so let's pray. You know, let's, 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 let's preach and let's invite people to church. And, and I would just like us to make a sh- sh- short prayer. And, and I would like you to close your eyes. You know, and just really think about the goodness of God in your life. How God has been merciful to you. You know, because if you forget that God has been merciful to you, if you forget that you were once lost, you know, you will not even see a need for the salvation of others. You can think about a time where, where you needed Jesus the most, right? And how God came true for you. How God will come to the come to the world as a man and die for you, right? Just for you alone, right? And look at where God has brought you to today. You know, He has taken you. The Bible says He has transformed us from the dominion dominion of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. You know, and I want you to make a commitment to God tonight, and say, God, I want to partner with you. I want to partner with you. You know, it's very beautiful and cool to say, I'm a joint heir with Christ. You know, I'm a, I'm a co-heir with Christ. You know, I'm going to enjoy everything that Christ has enjoyed, right? I don't want to partake in the suffering too. Because Jesus will say, if you must follow me, you must be ready to carry the cross. You know, I want us to make a commitment tonight and say, God, I want to partner with you. In transforming life, taking them from the dominion of darkness and bringing them into light, into light. I want to partner with you to be a perfect expression of your love to your people. I want to partner with you to be the Jesus of my time. I want to partner with you to reach my generation. You know, Jesus always solves problems. I want to partner with you. I want to be the solution to my generation. The world is going through so much at this particular point in time. People are going through depression. People are going through health issues. People are going through financial issues. People are going through marital issues. People are going through a lot. People are going through identity crisis, right? And God has set eternity in your heart. He has given you eternal life. He has made you righteous. He has sent the Holy Spirit. He has put him in you. For this, for this, <laughs> for this assignment, I want you to make a commitment. You know, make a commitment tonight. God, 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 empower me, empower me. I want to do this for you. I want to go far for you. 
I want to go far for you. I want to be your partner. I want to transform people. I want to translate them from the dominion of darkness. I want to bring them into your kingdom. <laughs> you know, I want, I want everyone to rejoice because of me. I want everyone to rejoice because of me. Because the Bible will say for every, <laughs> every sinner that repents, there's, there's a party in heaven. You know, so I want to be a party master in heaven. You know, I want my life to be a perfect expression of your love. You know, in the way I talk, in the way I think, in the way I act, in the way I express myself to people, make a commitment, make a commitment tonight, you know, and, and think about it. I personally, one of the things that prevents me from doing this is doing this whole evangelism stuff is just time. You know, Lagos is a busy city. I have to go to work. I have to do all of those stuff, you know, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit tonight, Holy Spirit, empower me. Help me, help me, help me, help me make my schedule. You know, help me clear my schedule. Help me see your work as more important than anything and over everything. You know, if I have lifted my, my own, myself, you know, we talked about being self selfish or self centered. If I have lifted self above you, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to lift you up. Help me to lift you up. You know, um, Dami will sing today. That Jehovah, you are the most high. You know, Lord, be the most high in my life. Be the most high in my life. Be the most high in my life. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity and we do not take it for granted. Because we know that there are people all over, even in this city, that are going through a lot. But you have given us your word as life in us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you to empower us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to empower every single one of us. We stand for the life point church. We, we, we invite you to empower us. We invite you to teach us. We invite you to guide us. We invite you to show us the patterns of our life that will help us express our salvation to people. We invite you to make us a good vessel. We invite you to make us a perfect medium of expression of God's love to the people of the world. We invite you to guide us, Holy Spirit. We invite you to empower us, Lord. We invite you to make us good laborers. We invite you to give us the right tools. We invite you to cause us to manifest. For the Bible will say, the old creation is earnestly waiting. The old creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to cause us to manifest in our world, in our businesses, in our families, in our careers. In our city, in everything that you have called us into, everywhere you have sent us to. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to cause us to manifest. Father, we thank you. Father, we appreciate you. Father, we honor you. For you are good and you are kind. For you are good and you are kind. You know, one of the greatest lies of the enemies is that, <laughs> and he would, and, 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 and would say that you are not good enough. You know, and he would say that, he would say to someone here that you are not good enough. He would say to someone here that you, that you are still dealing with that bad habits <laughs> and all of those stuff. But I want you to know that you have been saved. <laughs> you know, the Bible will say that by the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to know tonight that righteousness is a gift. It's not something that you work for. Righteousness is not a tool. Righteousness is a nature. It is the nature of a son of God. It is the nature of a daughter of God. Father, we want to thank you for making us righteous. 
Father, we want to thank you for giving us the gift of eternal life. And Father, we want to thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. We love you, Lord, and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.